Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, I have in my hand here 10 fake, this is, this is important, this is, this is Dundalk, 10 fake uh, play money, $100 bills, okay? And um, according to the math, first of all, how many of you did okay in math class growing up? How many of you not so good? All right, I'll, I'll, not, turn, I'll not call on you as we go through this this morning, all right? So I have 10, okay. So according to the math of this world, honey, I used your first service, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you again, okay? If I send my wife on a shopping spree with $200 and I started with 1000 I now have 800. All right, you, just, you can just hold on to those, honey. I'm not even going to ask you back like I did first service. All right, all right. Okay. Beth says it's, it's, it's 2021. She needs another 100 to get anything in today's world. All right. Um, but here's, here's what I want you to know. Listen, and by the way, the, the title of today's message is The Bridge to God's Economy. All right. So the math in God's economy, here's what I want you to know this morning. The math in God's economy does not work like the math you learned in school. All right? Come on, come on now. Man, God's in this place this morning, so, so, so help me out this morning, all right? God, God does not operate like this world. If you were here for last week's message, we talked about the kingdom. How many know the principles of the kingdom are way different than the principles of this world? And when we enter God's kingdom, then we need to learn um, his principles. And where might we look to find the principles in God's economy. How about God's math book? All right, there we go. Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 11. It says this. I pushed too fast. Let's go back. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. In other words, the other man saying, this is mine, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Okay, now, now think about this. If I hold on to this with every ounce of strength that I have, saying, man, this is mine. Not only can I not be generous because I'm holding on to it, but God can't add anything to it because there's no space for him to put it in your, come on. How do you know if I'm gonna give you money, you, you have to extend, if you don't extend your hand, I can't put it there. You understand, all right? So, so, so that's the posture. Even, even the way in this world, think about it. Anywhere in the world, what does this mean? Yeah, power or, or, or you know, I wanna fight with you. How many, how many know this is the wrong posture to come to God with? It's mine, I dare you. Okay, because if you've never figured this out yet, Everything in this world ultimately belongs to God, all right? The earth is the Lord's, and shout it out, church. Okay, if you don't believe that, tell me what you'll take with you when you leave this earth and where it ultimately all ends. Come on, it ends with the Lord, all right? Now listen, for a, for a visitor today, just for someone who's new today, I agree 100% that the main message of a church should not be money. Most Sundays when you're here, we will mention the offering. We take the offering. We don't make a big deal about it. But if on occasion 
a pastor talks about biblical principles of economy, there's only one reason why you would get mad. You understand? Because it might be a threat to the posture that you're currently holding, all right? So when you open up your hand to God, not only can you give, but you can also receive. Come on, everybody still with me this morning? Hang, hang with me, all right. You, you know why I don't personally play the lottery? Say, why, Pastor? Well, just take the mega lottery, for example, all right? You have a one in 300 million chance of winning. Not so good, okay? But what are my chances of scoring with God if I'm generous? Yeah, 100%, okay? Because God's principles are true. 100%, all right? How about these words from Jesus, right? It says, in everything I did, and I showed you the hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, how many of you in the room want to be more blessed? Not a trick question. I mean, what's the option? To be less blessed? Right, come on. All right, now, let me, let me put an interjection here because I want to make sure everybody understands me. When I talk about opening your hands to be generous, I'm talking about in every area. Financially, with love, with compassion. And I also want you to know that I do not believe that just because you put $10 in the offering, you should expect 100 back. I don't believe that God's return is always money for money. I don't know about you, but there's some things that I'd rather have than money. I'd rather have health. I'd rather have a family that, that is serving Jesus. There's things to me that are more valuable than money. And, and even though you can't outgive God, God is always gonna return it somehow. It's not always in money. How many of you know some of our return, you're not gonna see till you get to heaven and it's gonna be awesome? All right? But think about this with me, okay? Going back to this. Why on earth would you hold on to green pieces of paper with men you'll never meet? When, when God could do something more powerful through it. Come on, if you're still with me, say amen. All right, now, come up and help me, honey. Let's, let's do a little illustration here. And I'm gonna take those back this time, all right. Thank you. All right, so... Let's just say that I've worked hard to save $1,000, and this is my emergency fund, and I go to Mrs. Michael the banker at um, um, Wells Fargo, M&T, wherever you bank with, and I entrust her with, with, with my money. Now, to give you an idea where this is going, okay, God has entrusted you with what's really his, okay? And let's say that my refrigerator, a little ways down the road, goes up, and I go back to the bank. I don't even know if you can buy a refrigerator for $1,000 in today's world. But for illustration purposes, I go to Mrs. Michael, my favorite beautiful banker. <laughs> um, um, and I say, man, I, I had an emergency and I felt I need my money back. To which Mrs. Michael says, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I also had a need for that money. Uh, I had a Disney vacation planned and I was $1,000 short so I help myself what you entrusted to me. Okay, would that be problematic? Would I be like, oh, did you enjoy your, your vacation? No, I'd be like, thank you. Thank you for your help, all right? But listen, a lot of people don't understand this. Money in many ways is a test. It's a test from God. What, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna act like it's yours? 
or are you going to understand that, that you're the manager of ultimately what belongs to God? I know it's quiet in here, but I think you're listening. Amen? All right. How, how important is this to God being open-minded? All right, look at this next verse. Next verse is. Jesus said, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in, help me, church. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. So then I would ask myself, well, what in particular are you talking about, the little things? Well, the next verse is he He helps us. He tells us. And if you are not trustworthy about, help me, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Remember I said this is a test? Yeah, it's it's a test from God. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, if you have children, particularly if you have children that are relatively close in age, probably growing up somewhere along the the road, you heard from the other room, mine, mine, mine. And and you walked into the other room and you saw uh, maybe your two sons or your two daughters or daughter and son, you know, and there's there's a stuffed animal and they're having a tug of war. Mine, mine, you know, and, and the one to whom it belongs to says, I'm not in a sharing mood today. It is mine. Well, a lot of people do that with this. Mine, 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 right? Come on, don't look at me like that. I can't see you too good. It's kind of bright in here, but, but I know. Amen? All right? But did you know, there it is. Let's catch up on answers here. A word that children learn early on, say at church. Mine. But did you know that there is something that God says is his? He, said, he in heaven says, that's mine. And that is the tithe. What is a tithe? The tithe is a tenth. A tenth, excuse me. In Malachi, it says this. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how can we rob you? How can we rob God? He's up in heaven. And he answers that. In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And it's interesting, this next word. Test me in this. God's saying, I dare you to open up your hand and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you'll not have room enough to contain it. Okay? So so you're a manager. We're all managers. What, What are we managing? Well, we're managing our time, our resources, our talents, right? We we can say mine, or we can recognize, Lord, Lord, what what of it do you want? I mean, it's 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 all yours. I have to go to work. I have a family to take care of. But when we begin to open up and say, God, I'm, I'm going to allow you to intervene, then we begin to see some exciting things happen. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. So, so what happens when you open up your hand? Well, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you somehow, some way. You begin to see God blessing you. Now listen, I want to make an interjection here because this is important. I've known people who've heard a message like this And they're like, okay, I'm going to begin to give. And then a month later, they're like, this isn't working. I'm in a financial mess. But listen, there's other biblical wisdom concerning finances. How about about paying your bills? How about living within your means? You understand? How, How about paying off those credit cards because... That $400 couch is now costing you $1,250 after five years of interest. 
You understand? I'm, I'm just helping you this morning. The Bible has other things to say about it, and it's important that we know that, all right? Being a good manager involves giving to God first, paying your bills, living within your means, and saving for an emergency. Okay, what happens is when people begin to open up their hands and grab a hold of this principle, then it makes room for testimonies. All right, give, give you an example. Three years ago, we were at this very stage of our capital campaign. Uh, and by the way, these cards laying across are from the first service. At the end of the service, we're going to add to that from you all. Um, but somebody came to me and they said, because I had asked everybody like I did last week, would you pray about what God wants you to do? And somebody came to me and said, look, I, I prayed about it and God gave me a number. But the number kind of scares me because I, I don't have the money to pay for the number God gave me. But I wrote it down. And please understand, what we're asking for you today is not a pledge. It's a faith promise. I'm not going to call you two months from now and say you're $5 behind. This is between, this is between you and God. And you, you don't need to write something to impress me. I'm probably not ever going to know what you, what you wrote on this. Someone will tally them up. You understand? But, but it's, not, it's not like this. This is, this is between you and God. So they said, I, but here's what happened. All right. Not long after they wrote that number down, here was their testimony. They said, some extra business unbeknownst to me came my way, and it's more than enough to cover what I wrote on there. And, and, and that, that makes an interesting question. Would have the inter, extra business come to, came to them if they had not put pressure on the Lord, in a sense, by opening up their hand? You, you, you understand? Understand? Come on, God help us to see it this morning. All right, so I'm excited to hear testimonies that might arise today for some of you that get a hold of this. All right, now, why does God ask you to give? Is it because he needs your money? You know, is the recession on earth uh, going into heaven and God saying to the angels, man, the stock market of heaven is, the stock market of heaven is down. We, we, gotta, we gotta do something. No, no. How many of you know there's nothing that happens on earth that affects the storerooms of heaven? I'm going to try this side. There's nothing that happens on earth that affects the storerooms of heaven. Yeah, yeah. God does not need your money. He already owns it all. Amen? Well, is it because the church needs your money? Listen, Lord, help us never get to a place where I'm here like, if you want the lights on next Sunday, uh, you better give in the offering this morning. All right? Listen, God has provided a means for the church. It's called the tithe, but it's not that. It's not that. All right? I don't give because God is broke or, or just because the church needs money. Okay, the motivation for giving is really found in the most well-known verse in the Bible. And here it is, John 3, 16. Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he... Oh, we can do better. For God so loved the world that he... His one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, church, our God has a giving and generous heart. My Lord, think about this. Jesus was Jesus before he ever came to this world. He was the king of heaven before he ever came to this world. Come on, somebody. And God knew what would happen to his one and only son before the foundation of the world, the Bible says the lamb was slain. In other words, God knew what would happen. Before God ever created this world, he knew what it would cost him to redeem mankind. Yet he created anyway. And he gave anyway. 
See, the, the truth is, there's nothing any of us could ever give to repay God for his gift to us. We don't give because God's needs is or just the church or to try to repay God. I, I give because I want to be like him. I want to be like him. He's generous. I want to be generous. I want to be more patient. You know why? Because God is more patient. I want to be more loving. You know why? Because God is, is more loving. You understand? Is there anybody in the room that wants to be more like Jesus? Isn't that the goal? Come on, we're followers of him. We want, we, want to, we want to look at his life and say, I want to be more like him. And he was incredibly generous. Is that true? If that's true, say amen. So the truth is, listen, I give because I want to be generous like Jesus. I love this verse, Matthew 7, 11. It says this. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Say, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That, that, doesn't that just sound like a God who's in heaven said, man, I just got some stuff I want to give him, right? I just want to open up my hands. Part of that is just you opening up your hands so they're ready to receive. All right, I would like you, I, and I can't pull mine out because mine is laying down here somewhere. I'd like you to pull out uh, your faith promise card and just hold it up. It's, it's, it's in your bulletin. If you need one, there should be some extras around somewhere. Um, all right, I don't, Rust, Brother Lamb's looking back there. They might be over on Dave's seat over here, Brother Lamb. Um, if you don't have one, they're around, all right? All right, just hold them up for right now, just so I know the most of you have one. Okay, now, let me tell you how I don't want you to give, all right, before I tell you how to give, all right? Number one. I don't want you to give out of obligation. Obligation means that, that I, I, I'm putting some kind of pressure on you that makes you feel like if you don't give, um, somehow you're going to be singled out. If you need one, just raise your hand. Brother Lamb has them here. He'll get one in your hand. All right. Um, I, I don't want you to give out of obligation. Um, I, I, I despise, I'll be honest with you, all the way on the other side over here, Brother Lamb, I see a hand. Um, he'll roam around. If you need one, just raise your hand. Listen. I despise ministry that use gimmicks to get people to give. In the next five minutes, if you can send in an offering of $50, we will send you a prayer shawl. If placed over your loved one in the next 12 days, they will come to Jesus. Yes, indeed. Get that $50 in the mail. Friend, that's not Jesus, man. That's gimmick. Are, are you listening? Here's what I believe. I believe you should be able to present a need and if that need is from the Lord, God's people will say, Lord, do you want me to do anything? And if the Holy Spirit speaks to them and they respond, so be it. You understand? So I don't want you to give out an obligation. Look at this verse. Okay, look at, what, look at what Paul said. He said, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. His pastor said, has his pastor given anybody a number? I said, this much, that much. No, no, you must decide. This is between you and the Lord. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That would be the same as obligation. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And notice the promise. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Okay, so don't give out of obligation. Secondly, I also don't want you to give out of calculation. Calculation means, okay, this is what I make. This is my bills. 
This is groceries. This is gas. This is uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, there's um, $18.50 left a week, and I certainly might need a little bit of that, so $9.75 is what I'm going to put on that card. All right. The problem with giving by calculation is it leaves no room for the miraculous. If you're giving what you can afford, there's no reason for God to intervene. I'm going to try this side, all right? I'm gonna, uh, listen, okay, if you now, again, I'm not asking you to write some, well, I'm just going to believe God for a million dollars. No, no, you need, you, you need to, and we'll talk about what it is you need to do, but don't do that either, all right? But don't give out calculations. The reason that doesn't work is, listen, a little boy one time was, was with a great crowd listening to Jesus, and Jesus said to the disciples, does, does anybody have anything that I can bless? In a sense, is what he was saying. And there was a boy who had Couple fish and a couple loaves. Now, if that boy would have given the calculation, he's like, one fish for me, one fish for Jesus, two loaves for me, two loaves for Jesus. But the little boy gave, yeah, and what, what did Jesus do with that? Yeah, he, he fed him multiply. It's, it's why you can't give out a ca- calculation. Well, then you say, how should I give? Here it is. Give out of revelation. I'm not talking about revelation of the Bible. I'm talking about what God reveals to you. In other words, what is, what is God saying to you? You say, well, pastor, what if I feel like I hear something and I write it down and you know, something happens, I lose my job or something happens. Again, this is between you and God. This is not a pledge. This is a faith promise. Right? No, 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 one, no one's gonna, I don't know. We, we, we took faith promises three years ago and, and I can't tell you who did, who didn't. That was between you and God. Maybe, maybe if you had a hard time in round one, now it's time to step in, okay? And what we're asking for this time is just for one year. This is, this is a one-year commitment. Or if you just want to give a one-time gift, but, but I think it works best if, you just, if everybody just gives weekly or biweekly, whatever you're paid, okay? So, so Rachel and I talked about it this week, and I'm going to be transparent about our giving. I, I didn't used to do this, but somebody challenged me a couple years ago he says, Pastor, if the people don't know what you do, then they're going to wonder, is, is Pastor in the game? Isn't Pastor in the game? All right, so, so that's why I'm, I've, I've learned to open up. So three years ago, Rachel and I made a three-year commitment to give $60 a week, and then as, as larger gifts came in, we, we gave larger gifts along the way, okay? So, so we did that for the last three years. And I, I talked to Rachel this week, and I said, you know, could we, could we bump it up a little bit for the next year? So we have committed to... $100 a week for the next year. And let me tell you why that's a step of faith for us because Rachel's currently stepped down from her nursing job because of the cancer treatment she's going through. So, so that's, you know what I mean? It's like, God, you're gonna have to do something. All right? And, and I tell you that to say, if you wonder if I'm in the game, I'm in the game. I got the bat. I just need some of you to join me. I'm not asking you to do what I do. I didn't say that because that's the number I'm expecting. I'm just, I'm just saying, look, I'll do what I feel like God told me to do. You do what God told you to do. And it's gonna all work out, amen? So we have about 70% of the money for the addition. It's, it's, it's in the bank. We're just waiting for the permit to go through, amen? And we believe God's gonna do it. Now, before we close, and here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna have everybody come in a moment. And those of you with cards are gonna lay them down. But before we do that, there's something I wanna say. There might be somebody here today and your greatest need is not to turn in a faith promise card. Listen, your greatest need 
is to open up to Jesus. See, if this is your attitude towards the God in heaven, my life is mine. Okay? Can I tell you some things that you can't do with a closed fist to God? Somebody say, go ahead, Pastor. You can't save yourself. Did you hear what I said? You, you, how, how are you going to get rid of your own sins? You, you can't do it. There's only one person who paid the price, shed his blood, not only so you could be forgiven, but so that he could come in and literally, as Pastor Kelsey said earlier, live inside of you by his spirit and transform your life. And it starts in a moment when you do this to God. Say, God, come in. Isn't that simple? For as many as received him, according to scripture, to them gave he power to become sons of God. To as many as, somebody say received. Can't receive with this posture. You gotta receive in this posture. For me, for me, 18 years of age, invited by a friend to a church like this, thought I was a Christian because I went to church and didn't do anything super bad plenty of bad, all right? But in that moment, in that service, it's like the light bulb went on. I finally figured out, when I say figured out, it's because God showed me what he wanted for me. He just wanted me. He just wanted to open, he just wanted me to open, open my hands and say, Jesus, come in. And listen, what he did for me and many others in this room, he'll do for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he died for you. Yeah, he died for you. He paid a price for you. The door is open. Whosoever will. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and allow me the privilege of just giving somebody in this room the opportunity to open the door of their heart and ask Jesus in. Most people have their moments where, you know, maybe they're going through a hard time. They, they maybe open up a little bit and and, you know, God, I need your help. And then they kind of close back up. And I mean to open up your heart truly and let Jesus come in. I'm looking for somebody here today. And right now, the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door. And you know in your heart the right thing to do is to respond right now and say, today, this moment, I'm going to open up, going to open the door of my heart and let Jesus in. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Not so I can embarrass you, but that's your will. It just shows right now there's something happening in you and you're responding. Thank you, sir. Someone else here today. Come on. This moment, this moment, this day. Come on. He is here. He's knocking on heart's doors. But you have a will. God won't override your will. Got to respond. Looking around. Thank you. Thank you for that hand in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, for the sake of those who raised their hands, a couple hands I saw, I'd like everybody in this room to pray with me. And we're praying along with those who raised their hands who, who I want you to pray this in sincerity. I want you to say, dear Jesus, would you pray loud enough so I can hear you? Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and that I need a Savior. Right now, Jesus, I open the door of my heart. Come in, Jesus.
wash me clean, transform my life. And with your help, I will follow you all of my days. Now, you don't have to repeat after me. I just want to pray. Father, I pray for those, God, who raised their hand and prayed that prayer. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Let them sense something is happening right now, Lord. Their sins are being washed away, and they're becoming a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Do it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? I hope, I hope many of you already have, have those filled out. You're ready. I would like everybody to come forward, whether you're prepared to turn a card in or not. We're, come on, we're, we're in this together. We're in the game together. We are the body of Christ. Come on, would you do that? Just come down this way. If you're bringing a card with you, would you lay it face down? Nobody needs to know your amount. Lay it, lay it with the bridge up. Just find a spot here, just lay it down. But I want everybody to come. Come on, this isn't just about people who are turning in cards. This is about the body of Christ realizing that if we'll be the body and open up our hands together to a dying world, God can do awesome things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. As people are laying down their cards and you're down front, I I want you to do something with me. I want you to lift your hands and tell God you're incredibly grateful for what he's given to you. You're incredibly grateful. He's given his son, Jesus, for you. Incredibly grateful for your family that he's given to you, whatever it is. Don't take for granted the goodness of God. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes from on high. So we take this moment as a congregation to say how incredibly grateful we are, Father. Even for the renovations that that have happened thus far, you've been amazingly faithful at providing every need. And now, Lord, we take this moment. We don't ever want to take you for granted, nor do we ever want to go back to a posture of being closed fist. We want to keep our hearts open, our hands open, because you're not done yet, Lord. For that, we're grateful, God. Would you just stay with that posture as, as Pastor Wayne leads us in a song this morning, just, just worshiping God and in his presence for these moments.